Before we get to our guest, I wanted to talk to you about something that's really important to me, which is privacy. Moving money around, moving information, sending messages in today's world with Web 3.0 coming down the pike, privacy is very critical, especially to a journalist like myself. Utopia P2P is a complete privacy ecosystem. It's a 360 degree approach to privacy. It includes everything you need to move information or value around the world. It includes a encrypted messenger service, an email platform, and cryptocurrency payment system. It's fully decentralized, so it's not on any main server. It's based on blockchain, so it's distributed. It has an unmatched level of security. It has a feature-rich toolkit on the system uh, that supports 28 languages. There's a very low barrier to entry, and it also supports Bitcoin and also their coin internally. So if you're looking for a way to move information and money around the world where you don't want prying eyes uh, looking at what you're doing, go to Utopia P2P and have complete privacy on their system. And now let's get to our guest. So on this Sunday, February 13th, we have back with us the Trucking for Freedom um, Canada group of people who are filming everything and collecting everything that is uh, being shot on the ground across Canada and across the borders now. Coffee? Because uh, the borders uh, in Washington State and de near Detroit have been clogged up uh, and there's a lot of movement and protesters out on the ground. Guys, introduce yourself to the audience so they know, you know where you are coming from. And, and actually now, tell everybody where you guys are originally from because you're, in, you're still in Ottawa and you've been on the ground there for over a week. And um, we, want, we want everybody to know where, you know, how this all came together because when we first did the interview with you guys, you were, you know, 24 hours outside of uh, Ottawa, but now that you've been in ensconced there, you know, we want to hear everything that you've seen. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm Jeremy. Uh, I'm from Calgary. We're actually all from Calgary. Uh, this is Andrew and this is Carrera. Uh, we're doing the Trucking for Freedom documentary of the uh, Freedom Convoy 2022. And we've been uh, for the last three weeks. Um, so so it's it's been an adventure. Well, so so give us an update of what you've seen on the ground there, because when you arrived in Ottawa, you know, there were large crowds. Then then uh, Prime Minister Trudeau came out on the floor of the parliament and, you know, talked about swastika flags, you know, and you're always going to have somebody show up who's not really part of the group. But you guys really are part of the peaceful demonstration out there and you've seen it firsthand. Yeah. So we started about over three weeks ago documenting this story we got to meet one um uh, one founder from canada unity james bowder who we actually had on your show um and he was part of the initial group of people that did this first convoy a year ago all the way to ottawa just to have their concerns heard what happened as a result of that is the amount of interest other organizers started convoys, it all came together into a massive demonstration in Ottawa. During the four or five days while we were, Jeremy and I were on the road uh, with these truckers, we were blown away with the level of response um, that was just street by street, the amount of people that were waving flags and uh, saying, you know, thank you for fighting for our freedoms. It was just, a, it was a, an amazing experience all the way into Ottawa. When we got into Ottawa, it was very clear that the 
the, some of the news that we had seen uh, while we were driving was not correct. They were trying to say this was a small, you know, faction of people, 250 trucks rolling into Ottawa. Um, it was anything but. There were tens of thousands of vehicles, trucks, um, even more tens of thousands of people coming to demonstrate peacefully. And the reason we're all here and continue to be here is because we want to see the successful um, lifting of mandates and we want to we want to shine a big spotlight into what freedom looks like and um, we want to see the Charter of Rights and Freedoms upheld uh, for Canada for all Canadians and so seeing this uh, movement spread like wildfire um, from Canada and now all over the world it's uh, it's given me a lot of excitement and even though we are having every single day a new message from some mainstream media that is either not covering our story or saying that we are a small faction of extremists um the actual experience on the ground shows that all of canada showed up and it's a festival of uh, really of love and of unity i have a question the charter of rights and freedoms you just mentioned is that similar to our bill of rights in the u.s yeah so we have a constitution and therein within the constitution we have a charter of rights and freedoms and mm -hmm. i just wanted to pass this information that yesterday um a previous uh premier uh in canada honorable brian peckford um who is the last living signatory of the charter yes. of rights and freedoms was on the mm -hmm. main stage in ottawa speaking and defending the honor and interests of these truckers and what we're doing here saying that we have a right to peacefully demonstrate and that he's holding the line with us. So it was a very profound experience. Absolutely. Well, that is, to put this into context, Brian Pickford was the, I think he was the prime minister, not prime minister, he was the premier of uh, Newfoundland years ago, back about 1981. Now he lives, I think, in British Columbia. Um, I don't know if he lives he in Vancouver, okay. And so when he, before you guys arrived in Ottawa, he actually said that he was not going to be in Ottawa when you arrived because he wanted to stand with his people in British Columbia. Um, but he reminded the crowd, he is the last living person who was involved with the charter when it was created back in 19, I think it's 1981 or 1982. So this is, this is a pivotal moment for Brian. Did you get any footage of Brian speaking? We did. I actually, uh, we, we got to speak with him personally and um, uh, we are looking forward to interviewing him in the next couple of days. So um, we're going to be able to talk to him and go deep as far as what this movement is about from his eyes, mm -hmm. but then right. also get some context as to um, what the Charter of Rights really looks like. Because um, see, th this, what's happening on the ground there's a lot of petty bylaws. There's a lot of infractions that are being, you know, put forward to try and uh, detract from this movement. But the whole heart of this movement is trying to uphold the highest law of the land, right? And so there's a certain amount of, uh, of legal hierarchy that um, I think is very important to discuss. And, and Brian's the guy to ask about that. So I'm excited to interview him. We would like to speak with Brian. I think I think he is. I think he's the voice to bring this together for the historical context. Going going yeah. back now, you know, 
so many decades. And a lot of people, I mean, here in the United States, we have maybe, uh, I think it's 80 or 90 million people that were born after 1990. So there are, I don't know what the statistics are in Canada, but people may not realize the significance of that charter back in the 80s and the fight for it at the time. Brian is a, a huge voice potentially for people to understand the context of what's happening today and you know from history because this was not always the case for Canada good for you guys for covering that I don't want you to hold back on that footage I want you to send that footage to us so we can release it because that's a profound moment now I want to know how many people uh, were on the ground in terms of families because when people talk about you guys being covered I know that we talked about this earlier, that there were families on the ground, but I, now that this narrative is out there, when people say, oh, no, 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 there's no families, there's no children, you know, these these are whack jobs that are out there, they're just trying to disrupt it. So, you know, tell us about that. Career, why don't you take that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of a, a quantity or a number, I haven't the slightest clue. Um, but we spent a good chunk of yesterday out taking pictures and, and videos and it was sunny and there were strollers everywhere probably two or three times as many kids and families as there was last weekend or the first weekend mm. and like we, we we can't even cover half of the grounds out there but there's bouncy castles there's face painting there was there was a, a family with four kids and they had like balloon animals and little balloon swords and and kids will walk by and, and fist bump you and, and yell freedom and it's amazing <laughs> like it's it's a growing family down on the grounds in Ottawa. Definitely. That's great to hear that. And now, are these people who live in Ottawa or are these people from out of town? Both. 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 Yeah. There's a lot of families I've spoken to that they traveled in with their family for the weekend. Um, and then there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they were hearing what was happening on the news, but then they're seeing, uh, you know, groups similar to us in our social media. Like, this is what's happening on the ground, everyone. And they're surprised by that and want to see for themselves. And, and upon getting comfortable, you know, they're bringing their families back to enjoy this movement because it's so peaceful and so fun. I even saw hay bales set up in a little like play area with balls and a bunch of kids. It's almost like they're setting up a little kindergarten there. Um, you know, you got food around everywhere. It's a huge festival of celebration of life. It's, 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 phenomenal. it's like Canada Day. Canada Day on Groundhog Mode. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. Do you have, um, have you collected the footage on the borders down near Detroit and also the state of Washington? So we uh, are working with one cinematographer that is, um, has plans to do a, a fairly thorough shoot. Um, we have received some footage there in piecemeal form. Mm -hmm. um, I'd actually, if, if it's all right, would love to use this uh broadcast just to encourage anyone that is around the borders if they you know have some good cameras and would like to contribute and be a part of this film um if you could go to our website truckingforfreedom.com we have an upload button right there and an editing team that <clears throat> starts receiving that footage so uh we're well aware the story is a lot bigger than our small team on the ground and uh we're, we're relying on other people to capture areas we are not in so and I read this morning that uh, there was a poll taken about Trudeau and that only 16% of the Canadian citizenship would like to see him reelected, yeah, which has to be stunning to him. Jeremy, what do you, what do you, what do you take on, what's your take on the, what, yeah, what the cops are doing? Incredible. A 
apparently last week it was 23% and we were surprised that it was, well, we weren't surprised. Um, we, we were made aware that it was 23% last week and it's 16% this week, uh, which is, it's, it's stunning. Like it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and his, his own party is coming out and, and turning on him because of the way that he's handling mm. the situation. Look, let me ask like you this. Go, go ahead. I think a huge, I'm so surprised that by now he hasn't come out, come out and spoke and addressed this movement. You know, he is well aware of what's happening here. Uh, I am very disappointed that he is not at least doesn't have to agree with us, but stand as our prime minister and at least validate that there are Canadian voices one block away from the parliament that are peacefully protesting and, and, and really just want to be heard. But the fact that there is no consideration to that is, is uh, it's deeply offensive. And I really hope that um, he receives counsel to start uh, correcting that behavior and, and moving forward. Let me ask you this. I mean, in the U.S., we have evidence of Biden recently, well, it's been out there for a long time, but it's getting in the mainstream now that he, his family took tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions from the Chinese Communist Party and, you know, Trudeau is, I believe he's probably somehow involved in them pushing this whole mandates and et cetera. So with that being said, there's been two historical uh, outcomes of this type of protest. One on one extreme in Tiananmen Square where they just massacred everybody. The other extreme is when the Iron Curtain fell. So where you had massive uh, you know, humanity just not accepting what's going on. What do you feel from the police and the military and and others in Canada, do you think they would, I mean, some of these police are obviously on the wrong side, but what do you feel about the police and in, in, in the, in the security great, establishment? That's a great question. So mm -hmm. I do think this is an opportunity for all politicians who are supposed to be public servants at the highest, mm -hmm. highest degree for them to take a hard look in the mirror and understand that their allegiance is first to their constituents. You mm -hmm. know, I, I'm well aware I've, uh, I personally done media for political campaigns. I'm well aware of the nuance that's involved with leadership, but you know, my, as just one Canadian, I just implore the our politicians to start looking at the early days of why they started to lead and why they wanted to represent people and get back to that grassroots. I think there can be a really healing process if, if our I politicians agree. start looking at that. Number two, um, for um, people, law enforcement, police officers, we have been seeing such a healthy dynamic on the ground in Ottawa. And I think there's two factions there, right? You have the people sitting in office, you know, the, 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 the chief of police, um, people that have been kind of elected to certain roles, you know, that have managerial burden. Um, they're totally against this movement and have not been... Um, they have not been standing with us, but you're seeing a, a large majority of police officers on the ground. They're, they're polite. They're kind. They're chatting up with uh, other mm -hmm. families walking out. Oh, why are you here? Where are you from? Because there's lots of police that have been, you know, uh, been brought in from other cities because there's just so many of us here. Yeah. And these these individuals, the, the foot soldiers, um, they they see our cause. And a lot of them we've been seeing social media videos. Um, one lady, I don't know where she polices, what city, but she released a video just saying, 
you know, one of the first things I agree to as becoming an officer is to uphold the charter, the very thing you guys are peacefully demonstrating for. So I'm very uh, reassured by the respect, mutual respect that both mm -hmm. demonstrators and police officers on the ground are showing. And there are those who are, are definitely against us. And uh, I hope that they just spend enough time around us and start realizing that um, we are on the right side of history. On well, they need, to be held, they need to be held accountable, these that are pushing this. And also, if you can help us, help you get this message out of the police on the ground being very open toward the demonstrators, that will, I mean, courage is contagious and that will help more to, to feel that way and that and, and help your movement in the long run and prevent Trudeau and from doing something. And I just want to say, I want to thank those yeah. police officers on the ground yeah. for their, their, their focus is on, is on safety and security mm -hmm. for this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for being yeah. there to keep us safe and secure and um, follow your heart um, officers that are given a mandate to uh, take a certain action. If you don't agree with it, follow your heart first. I think Tell us, can, can one of you address the, uh, and I forget the gentleman's name, but he was a, he was security for uh, Justin Trudeau, and then he resigned in the middle of it, gave a public statement, basically saying he could not do his job any longer because he stood with the people. Yeah, that, his name was Daniel Bulford. Uh, he's working alongside the movement, uh, working with strategy, uh, along with a number of retired police officers uh, and, and veterans. Uh, actually, yesterday, something really beautiful happened. Um, uh, a number of veterans all got together. Uh, the War Memorial has had a fence around it for the past three or four days, I would say, mm -hmm. maybe even a week, probably a week, uh, that the city put up to keep people away from it, But which didn't really make sense to us because the only thing that we saw was happening with the War Memorial was people honoring it, laying flowers on the grave of the unmarked soldier, uh, and shoveling the sidewalks. Um, but there was a, a fence put up around it and the the veterans all got together yesterday, uh, put on their medals and walked down there and they actually took the fences down and wow. sat outside, the veterans did, because they said that's not freedom and that's not what, what those soldiers fought for. Uh, and they put them to the side and then had a mass there. There was, wow. a, there was a priest. Yeah, they took, then they took a knee, they took a knee they all took a knee and they pointed at the police officers and said, you take a knee. Um, and mm. the police officers walked away. Wow. Yeah, they, they stormed in and then left. Yeah. yeah. So, so did you get footage of that? We actually didn't. We were told about it afterwards Nobody by the veterans. Us. Uh, but we do have contacts who are sending us footage of that. Mm -hmm. Great. And well, we also like told the veterans, if anything else is happening, you have to make sure we're there. <laughs> we gave them all our personal cell phone numbers. <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. So we want to see, the, the, the world needs to see that footage immediately. They need to see that. Um, well, it's interesting I, because CTV News uh, posted a, a photo uh, you can see on, on, on their social medias or on their website. They posted a photo and said Demonstra demonstrators tore down a fence that was put up around the, the war memorial. And mm. that's the story that was told. And, and in regards to the police officers that we were just talking about, I think one of the best, one of the worst plays that the, uh, that the antagonists to this movement could have done was call in police from other cities because yes, it makes a larger presence, but what it does is it makes 
everyone aware of what's actually happening here. Law enforcement True. is being made aware in all the surrounding cities of how peaceful this demonstration is. Uh, and I think that was what was meant as uh, a force to be reckoned with uh, is going to turn hearts and uh, and change the the stance of the police. And I more just can see it. I want to say as well, thank you both of you for what you are doing, mm -hmm. because oh. the biggest thing that is adding fuel, negative fuel to this movement yeah. is propaganda. A hundred percent. It's coming from another side. I've literally seen some camera operators, massive demonstration, all beautiful there, cameras pointed here. Mm -hmm. Like the level of on the nose inaccuracy um, is yeah. ridiculous. And we're having some, the news that's actually getting out to the world about what's happening in Canada is you wonderful Americans. Mm -hmm. So thank you for doing this. It's, uh, it is so essential. And I hope we just start seeing, you know, this scale tip over um, as more people say, okay, I have to do what's right. I have to show the actual uh, evidence here. And I, I got to get this out to my viewers. So it's, it's really funny, actually, on that note. Uh, because CTV and CBC and the legacy media have tried to taint what's happening here so incredibly heavily. Uh, Fox News showed up. We had a conversation with Fox News here. They were, they were here out of Boston and uh, they didn't have a, uh, any signage that, that signified that they were with Fox. So a bunch of people got a hold of them right away, jumped in front of their cameras and said, no legacy media, you guys are liars, you're just gonna spin this. And they eventually said, like, wow. oh, Fox. And, uh, and the response to that was, wow, thank you so much for being here. They, <laughs> they gathered around the reporter and all sang the Star Spangled Banner and then Oh wow. Canada and, uh, and then welcomed them with open hearts. And we chatted with the cameraman. He said, usually we have to hide the fact that we're with, with Fox. We can't, we can't <laughs> show people that we're with Fox because right. we get like stoned. <laughs> and and here they're being uplifted so they've actually put the the fox uh signage back on them so that they aren't looked at as legacy media we, so wow. the tides have definitely yeah, turned we saw protesters carrying signs yesterday and it was canada needs fox news like, <laughs> like huge <laughs> That's, mm -hmm. inter that's interesting. We did see some footage of, um, the, I don't know if you guys sent it to us or if I saw it online because I've looked at so much footage now, but there was a, um, I think it was a, a CBC reporter or cameraman that was chased away from, from downtown because people are just sick and tired of the story not being told about what's really going on on the ground. They're sick of it. We chatted with a, we chatted with a, uh, a gentleman from Hungary. He's a, he's a truck driver. And uh, and he said that he was interviewed by uh, legacy media right prior to us showing up and hearing his story, which was absolutely beautiful, by the way, mm -hmm. just a heart of gold. And and he continually said to them, I'll interview, but you can't cut it because yeah. you're just going to taint what I'm trying to say. And they say, oh, no, we have to cut it. And they're like, he said, no, like if you're going to record me, don't cut it. You're yeah. going to record me. You have to tell the whole story. And they said, no, 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 we can't do that. So wow. that was that was his message to us was he did an interview with uh, CTV and um, and he he said that there's no way that they could spin the words that he's, he was using. So he was confident with that. But that was continually what he said. I'll tell you, but you have to tell the truth. 
So was is he living in Canada now, or is, is he is he is he a Canadian yeah, citizen? He's a he's a Canadian truck driver uh, that grew up in in Hungary. Um, there's a, it's actually really beautiful. There are a lot of uh, Eastern European, uh, yeah, uh, rich, people originally from Eastern Europe that mm -hmm. are here that are truck drivers that live in Canada that are down here, and I love hearing we love hearing their stories so much because they understand how far this can go and, yeah. and what it looks like on the other side. Um, well, we'd like to get them on, on camera too, if you have his- Yeah, it's really you know. important for people who have lived under democracy and, 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 and freedom to understand that people who have lived in communist countries or totalitarian states, what they see, because they look at it through their, own, they look at this through their own prism of experience. And, and I've had many people here in the States who were from overseas, uh, now Americans, but who have said to me, you know, th th to them, this is the 1930s mm -hmm. in Germany. I mean, they, 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 they look, these are older people, but they look at this and they say, why is it that Americans can't see it? And I think it's because they've never lived under it. If you've gone overseas, if you've gone to third world countries, if you've been in a, you know, a military theater, you can, you can have a sense of it. All right. But for people who have lived under it, the reason why they migrate to the, to the West is because it has been so, such a bad life underneath, something like that. Yeah, so any of that footage that you guys have of anybody from any Eastern European bloc or even from Southeast Asia or even Latin America, please, I mean, you know, give us some footage because I think, I think or that- Or details to contact them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would just like to shout out and thank all those independent journalists and videographers who are running around yeah. trying to get the story out fast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for us, we are, <laughs> we're like the slow tortoise um, in some regards, because what we're, our contribution, what we want to do is we want to stamp this, timestamp this in history as here is a documentary that is thorough and vetted about exactly what happened. So as far as us getting footage, we try and do our best. But uh, I know if I was, uh, if we were a news crew, uh, we'd all be fired right now. So, yeah. <laughs> But you're getting the footage. That's what's important. So let me ask you if if you think that um, is there is there some pride as this goes on longer and longer with Canadians because they're seeing the the domino effect in Europe. Pride. Mm, pride. Yeah, because you're having an impact. Pride. The amount that is one of the most common comments back is I'm so proud to be a Canadian again. You know, there's all the jokes about what Canadians are, these nice people that say mm -hmm. sorry too much and blah, blah, blah. But um, that's the thing about Canadians. It's almost like, I'll use a hockey analogy. We put up with a lot, but the moment it just tips one degree past the needle of our comfortability, the entire nation drops the gloves. And mm. when we drop the gloves, we're ready to hold out for a long time. And um, there's a certain grit and strength in our um, just what it means to be Canadian. So we are certainly very proud to be Canadian. And we're so proud of the world for all of everyone's embracing this movement. And, you know, there is a cost to freedom. And I feel for like our generation, this is uh, the per first chapters of our narrative of what it costs to, to remain free and democratic. For sure. Did you see the footage from Canberra? 
people in Australia were walking, half a million people walking across the bridges into, into the parliament? I did. It was so moving. You just gave me shivers right now. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's great footage, and that was that was after the the truckers took hold of Canada and stood up for freedom. Because yeah. we, you know, we we there was a lot of people demonstrating in Australia over the course of the last two years because the shutdowns were so dramatic. But just to see them pick up the mantle, I I always thought Australia would stand up first. Mm. I thought they would. Um, and so, but, but, you know, it doesn't matter how this plays out. It, it doesn't matter whether it's the truckers in Canada that start the domino effect. I mean, you know, we, we've had sort of a, I expected more from Americans at this point in time, but you know, they're, they're going to get their act together. We're, we're really, really proud. Like Andrew said, and, and it just reminds us what we always thought. Uh, we know that we're deemed the polite Canadians around the world. Uh, and everyone is, we've talked to people in Germany, we've talked to people around the world, surprised that Canada is the, the ones that first stood up, but they have that stage. Uh, and we're just excited because we, we've been talking with people about the convoy that's going to happen in the United States. And we're mm -hmm. so fired up for that because you guys do things bigger, better, badder than everybody. <laughs> well, when, we get, when we get our act together sometimes. Exactly. So mm -hmm. we're we're proud, true north, strong and free. Um, it's it's in our anthem, and we've been sleeping for far too long. Uh, and we're very excited. We're very excited that that Canada has stood up and taken a stand for freedom. Um, and and it's so beautiful because they're doing it in a way that honestly only Canada could do. It's so peaceful. It's it's the it's the the polite the, the most polite way to say enough is enough is what you're seeing here in Ottawa. Like, and you, and you have hockey games on the street, you know, you got things for kids, you got sweet music festivals, like popping up, you know, with light shows and all of this stuff. It's just, it's unreal. Right. And some of the, the truckers were eating steak and lobster last night. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to, we, we wow. tried to hand out pizzas to them and mm. turned it down for their steak and lobster. We, so. Yeah, that's that's literally how well everyone down here is being taken care of. Uh, like the, the GoFundMe, the Give, Set, Go, all the financial stuff from the top down, it means nothing because these guys are, they're, people are throwing money into their trucks. People are coming down here with steak and lobster. We're trying mm -hmm. to give away pizza. Matt tried to buy a homeless man the other day a coffee and he said, no, 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 I'm too full. Like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I've had too many coffees. I've had too much. I can't. Like, homeless people down here are turning away food because they've been given so much. There's so much abundance. And wow. that's what, another narrative that's out there because some people in the mainstream media have said that the people, the protesters were taking food from the homeless, which was upside down. Within the first week of us being here, crime in the downtown core of Ottawa dropped 90%. Think about that, 90% yeah. down. The, sh the shelter the the shelter that was mentioned can't take donations. They've had to stop accepting donations because their their shelves are full and yeah, it's, it's wild. There we go, there we go. All right, so, so let's talk about the GoFundMe, the $10 million, $9 million, whatever it was. Uh, you know, I was very surprised when I heard the, the chief of police, I think his name is Stoli, mm -hmm. uh, say that they had actually worked with the GoFundMe to shut that down. I thought it was just GoFundMe's independent decision 
but when he said that, I thought to myself, hmm, isn't that interesting? So tell us what, what the situation is with the GoFundMe. And there's a second fund, a second fund that's been set up, I think, in the United States. And basically, the people involved with that have told Canada, you don't have jurisdiction, so don't touch this money. That's yeah. What we've heard. Great question. So with the GoFundMe, you know, very, uh, we were all very disappointed to hear that, you know, whether it was lobbying on behalf of the government or, um, or, or different boardroom conversations, you know, they chose to make an ideological decision um, and they decided to freeze that. And so I know refunds are happening and uh, different things, but I think it's going to be very bad for business for them, um, seeing that such a big movement um, can be financially canceled um, based on the decisions of a few, you know, that are probably are not dealing with the real information. I think they're just fearful that, hey, what if the people are right? Um, what if this big group of people that want to be free are right? We can't let that happen. Um, the second account that was created was Give, Send, Go. And the organization at, from the very top, um, uh, different truckers and organizers were privy to um, speaking with the president there um, who assured alignment that what we were doing was important and that they would continue building this fund, this account um, on behalf of truckers. Um, it was then the uh, province of Ontario's decision to put a court injunction to freeze funds going into a Canadian bank account from that account, from Give, Send, Go. So, mm. so that is where the hiccup is. And absolutely, there's some competent lawyers who are dealing with that um, because that is so unjust. Um, but, you know, we, we probably, um, I know the conversation was had of potentially opening an account to liquidate those funds um, in a different jurisdiction because Canada is not very... Uh, supportive of what's happening. So I hope that resolves and happens. But I want to just underpin this whole conversation by saying and echoing what Jeremy just said, that regardless of the big fund that was, you know, intended to help this movement and, and truckers and people on the ground, the amount of grassroots support from throwing $20 bills into trucks to making sure everyone is fed and, uh, to walking around with diesel cans, uh, jerry cans, which have become a fashion statement here in Ottawa, um, to fill up trucks and to give them a little bit of fuel. Uh, we are going to be just fine protecting this movement from a grassroots approach. And we really hope that um, the bigger financial accounts get resolved uh, morally and ethically. Andrew, who filed the injunction in Ontario? Was it, was it the government that the injunction that was filed to stop stop uh, putting the money into the account was it was it was it somebody on the ground that objected to I don't, it or was it somebody high up in the government? I don't I don't want to misspeak. My in, my gut was that it was Doug Ford's cabinet, um, but I'm not. I can't 100 give you that fact. I'd have to do research to see who did that. I believe it was coming from the provincial. Uh, government. It was also in correlation, from from my understanding, with uh, TD Bank. They were they so were the board, uh, the board would have the board yeah. of TD Bank would have had to have approved that. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very interesting that the combination of government and corporations in terms of censorship and closing down, uh, you know, bank personal bank accounts or corporate bank accounts. We've seen that happen to people that have been speaking out here in the United States, and that should scare people. It's one thing when you've got big tech who's being paid by pharma to shut down the narrative that criticizes, you know, Fauci or pharma's, but it's another thing when people start shutting down people's bank accounts and telling yeah. you you can't you cannot do this. Okay. TD's been involved I mean, in that, that is globalist agenda for a while. Yeah. Pardon me, Todd? I just spoke over you. What did you I say? said TD's been involved in the globalist agenda for a while. Mm. Uh, speaking uh, of the globalist anyway, agenda, if people talking about uh, Davos on the ground? Yeah, like, yes. Um, that being said, though, the, the strength of this movement, I fully believe, rests on the grassroots approach of what is happening you know we can critique higher-ups till we're blue in the face i think we're all aware that that is a huge problem but it's a problem of proper governance when you have a lot of power and i hope that this grassroots movement of unifying everyone around freedom is going to produce enough of a change of heart that we're already starting to see with with mps and elected officials um, of this slow trickle of people realizing that I have to do what is right here. And uh, I'm quite reassured by that. I know it's going to take a lot of time, but you know what? We, we have time uh, on our side. That's the whole mandate of this movement. Right. So we, we did have some difficulties here on this end because Todd just dropped off because he was losing his, his internet as well. So guys, I just want to say, you know, thank you for coming on. Please give us your live streams you know, we want to have you back. We want to collaborate with you as this goes forward and be safe out there. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Christine. Okay. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank All you right. for having us on. Cheers.